The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me naked, and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, and let us pray. Gracious God, send forth your spirit by the power of your word to create faith, to forgive sin, to grow our love for you and for one another. Amen. Well, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. I've said it before, And I'll continue to say it, but death is the great equalizer. It doesn't care about our bank account. It doesn't care about our business card or uh, our last Facebook status. It it doesn't care how many followers we have on TikTok or or our streaks on Snapchat. It is not concerned with with how many signatures we, we had in our senior yearbook or who we voted for or our favorite football team. In fact, if anything, this pandemic has given us a rather large picture of our mortality. Uh, you, you can go online and you can find pictures of these patients in beds, mainly nameless, faceless. Most of the time we're just given statistics by, by our governmental authorities and, and by the news. Some of us have been hit by this. Some of us can add our names to to that list. But we're learning that no socioeconomic status can can isolate us from the impact of such a a virus. If, if, If you get sick and you have to go to the hospital, whatever is in your bank account is not gonna change what you get. You don't get your choice of room. You get segregated out into a particular place. 
you get the quarantine, you get the isolation, you get the loneliness that goes along with this. And then I was struck this week by thinking about the fact that those patients in that bed could be anybody. It could be that neighbor of yours that voted wrong in this last election. You know who I'm talking about. It could be that girl that really hurt you in high school. It could be that, that guy that broke up your marriage. It could be anybody. And then also we're hit with these doctors and nurses who many of them, because of, of all the stuff they have to wear, I've, I've seen my wife in, in all the, the PPE she has to wear, they, they themselves become nameless, faceless, often, often fleshless superheroes doing their work to the point that now many of them are taping eight and a half by 11 pictures of themselves on their scrubs so that the people in those beds can be assured that the person helping them is an actual human being. But with the equalizing factor of this virus, with the equalizing factor of our mortality, with the equalizing factor of death, I wonder if it should change the definition for us of the least of these that Jesus talks about today. Because we hear it Twice, he talks to us about the least of these, of either doing something for them or not. So I sit here and I wonder, for us, I ask the question, who are the least of these that Jesus is talking about? Who, who fits the category? And so we get the list, right? We get the list. He gives, he gives us a good list. Hungry, thirsty, right? Stranger, naked, sick, prisoner. And, and Matthew is, is, is writing this, uh, accounting the story of Christ right at the time when the church is being persecuted. And he's, he, he's writing it as, this, as these words of encouragement to, to a church that, that has everyone from every swath of life, rich and poor, and helping them realize that their status is not going to save them from the persecution. Both rich and poor will lose everything. Maybe some of us see this list and we see it as magic, right? We, we follow this. We're going to be blessed, just like we hear that, that blessing from the mouth of the Savior when he says, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We, we think the access to that blessing comes by following this, this list, it, it, it's got to be something magical there, a blessing that is doled out, and, and we think if we just do this, maybe we'll stave off death, or if, or if death comes to us, at least we will have, have been the best sheep we possibly can. We're going to be really good with our sheepiness. That's going to be the defining factor of us. We will have secured our sheep status. And so we take this list and we, and we start to add names to it. We start to add faces to it. We start to add people to it. And, and saying, well, these, these are the Jesus things. These are the Jesus people. This must be Jesus here, these descriptions, the hungry and thirsty and stranger. And so the category creates the worthiness of our works. And we often always have to say, well, it has to be the poor. It has to be the dregs of society. It has to be the oppressed. It could never be Mitch in accounting who drives a Porsche. It could, it could not be the, the wealthy and, and certainly never Joe, our neighbor, who owns two houses and a boat and four cars and way too many Trump signs. And definitely not 
Jeff Bezos, or Oprah Winfrey, or Matt Damon. It has to be the nothings. Could never be the ones having everything. And so we developed this, this resume builder, a list of who and how, these boxes to check, and we think we're good. In my previous parish, at one of our churches, the last Thursday of the month, uh, we would always have a community dinner. And it was put together long before I came. And, and the goal was to, to care for people in, in the community who were food insecure, who were needing that free meal. And then what ended up happening is they started to see that people who were coming to that meal didn't fit that category at all. And people started to get frustrated, started to say, well, these aren't the people that we are doing this meal for. Trying to make a decision, well, these are the people that should come. These are the people that deserve to have this free meal. And it can never be these other folks who can afford to feed themselves This meal is not meant for them. But then we discovered that there's more than just material needs, right? There's more than just filling a stomach. There's spiritual needs, mental health needs, emotional needs. And what we started to find out is that the fellowship time was just as important for those people as it was to feed those who were in need of the meal. Because the danger, church, becomes that, that we decide where Jesus is, that we decide who Jesus is, or, or how we're going to help him, and, and, and what has to be enough for him, for Jesus. And the great problem for us that comes out of this, this, this reading of Matthew 25 today is that it's twofold, but it's the same. The righteous are clueless. They're clueless. I don't know if you notice, but, 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 but they're sheep after all. Sheep are kind of dumb. So, so you know, they're, these righteous folks, they're, they're kind of dumb too. Right after receiving a beautiful promise, I, I love this promise. Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It, it's, it's an age-old decision made by the Father over these people that suddenly find themselves as sheep. And, and they're told of what it is that they did for Jesus. And the response they give is, when did we see you like that? When did we ever see you like that, Jesus? We, we never saw you like that. What are you talking about? They're completely surprised, completely clueless about anything that they did, and then they hear from Jesus, and as much as you did it, to the least of these, he says. The least. The last ones. And we usually think of that as a ranking of, okay, we look at society, who are the last ones in society? Okay, those are the ones that fit into the hungry and the thirsty and the, and, and the naked and, and, and the prisoner and the sick. But what if, in fact, these last ones are actually the last ones that would ever make any of our lists. The ones that we leave out of the list, that we don't think are worthy of the list, that we don't think are worthy of, well, that's definitely not Jesus, but Jesus is over there in that person. But instead, Christ comes to us and says, no, you, you, you loved the least of these, the last ones, the ones that you never would have put on your list if you were worried about the list. But the sheep show up with no list at all. They have no clue. They did not think they were doing anything. They're just silly little sheep. And then second, we find out that the cursed ones, the goats, the ones who think they're the greatest of all time, are clueless too. When did we see you and not, they say in verse 44. 
When did we see you like this and not care for you? They say. We were, we, we were finding you all over the place. We, we knew exactly where you were. We were making all the right decisions knowing who you were, Jesus. And Jesus has to sit here and say, well, what about the least one, the least worthy in your eyes of your ministry? Well, that was me. Coming with a warning to us that we can miss one, church, when we make those lists. We can forget one. And God help us if we forget Jesus. It is not for us to decide. God already did that. We heard that in the promise. Before the foundation of the world, before time even began, he secured your sheep status. Why would we ever want to try and be the greatest Christian of all time? We're just sheep. We're just silly little sheep serving God in our silliness. I'm a big Rick Steves fan. I think I've seen every episode of his show follow him on Facebook, read a couple of his books. Well, recently on Facebook, some, he, he posted a, a, a letter that he had received from a, a gentleman who had just recently lost his wife to cancer. And, and this letter came to, to, to Rick uh, with an envelope full of 255 euros. And, and the letter reads as follows. Hello, Rick. So you might be thinking, why in the world am I holding this letter in an envelope filled with euros? Well, as a family, my wife Nancy, our daughter Aggie, and I enjoyed wondrous ventures on six Rick Steves tours between 2005 and 2010. We had a fun tradition of tucking a few euros aside with the promise that they would lead to our next tour. Over those years, we had some relatives who always laughed at our budgeting wisdom of splurging on so many trips while our daughter was still in school. They thought us crazy. They always said, save it for retirement and for your daughter's college fund. It all worked out just fine. You make priorities and you see them through. We loved our year of adventures together and we got our daughter through eight years of college and grad school as well. In late 2018, Nancy died after a battle with breast cancer. If we had waited for retirement, these priceless experiences shared and family time together would never have happened. While I still have the travel lust and watch your shows religiously, Without my travel partner, Nancy, and with the years going by, we don't have plans to return to Europe, but we really like the idea of somehow seeing these leftover euros in our future trip, Kitty, return and be enjoyed. So we are happy to send them to you. I'm confident you will be returning to Europe in 2021, and the thought that we bought you a drink in a Paris cafe or a Greek taverna or a floodlit square in Rome really gives me a smile. This is just a small gift for the great memories and images with Nancy that I'll enjoy for the rest of my days. Yes, I know I could have simply exchanged the euros through my bank and why send the cash through the mail, but what fun is that? Thanks for the memories, Rick. Enjoy this little gift and happy travels to you. And so then Rick responded, I'm so inspired by this touching gift from Nancy's family. And here's how I'll put that envelope of 255 euros to good use when in Switzerland. One of my favorite things to do is to visit the youth hostel in Gimmelwald, my favorite Alpine village, and buy all the backpackers a beer. When I return to Gimmelwald in 2021, God willing, I will buy beer for every one of those young travelers until those 255 euros is gone. And with each round, we'll drink to Nancy and her family, knowing she is smiling down on us from an even more wonderful high-altitude perch. When we try to be goats, 
when we make our lists, we miss the silly moments of ministry, of serving Christ. We become those who, who spoke to this gentleman and said, well, you should save this money for retirement. You should save this money for your daughter's college fund. Oh, here is how you should spend your money and your time. But I do think that in this letter, we find that Jesus was found in a sunset dinner that that daughter had with her mom one last time in Venice, maybe, or a cruise down the Rhine as a family. It was found in the silly way of granting memories for that family, for that man and his daughter that they would never have had otherwise. And Christ was there in that. Because wherever there is grace, wherever there is mercy, there is Christ. And so even in their grief, there is Christ. Even in the sick woman who got to do these things with her daughter before death came, there was Christ. We're in that youth hostel next year that will be full of young people who Rick will actually start to give drinks to the thirsty with those euros and love on them. There is Christ. The gift that comes from love shared is Christ. So church, instead of decisions we make on where Jesus is or where he isn't, we need to bask in the decisions already made and that promise that is given to us in verse 34, come you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world where, where God has said you are mine already before any feeding, before any giving of drinks. But then also we have to recite those words of Psalm 95 knowing that we are the sheep of his hand, the people of his pasture. We are his sheep. And because we are his sheep, he's going to find us. He's going to gather us. And we have to realize that as sheep, just as it told us in Ezekiel 34, we end up being the hungry and the thirsty sometimes. We end up being the sick, the prisoner, the broken, the bruised, the wounded, and he comes to bind us together. We become the least ones, the last ones, the Jesus ones. And he gathers us up in any way he can. And that's the joy for us, is both that beginning and that promise and the end of his gathering us together, both the promise and fulfillment. So church, today, give thanks to God for all the silly ways that you have served Christ in your life that you really do not know how. Give thanks to God that someday soon you will be clueless standing before that throne and you'll come to realize all of your sheepiness, all of your silliness, that he uses us in some of our most silliest, least thought of things, the things that are last on our list, to love and serve him by loving and serving one another. And for that, for all that silliness, for all that last thing stuff, for all the least things, the sheep things, for all the things that I could never even dream of, and there Christ is. I give thanks to God for that. And so we say, thanks be to God. Amen.